When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Sunday, October 17th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And, whoo boy, uh, college football week seven reaction show, uh, recap show, whatever you want to call it. I stayed up too late watching Nevada and Hawaii last night, uh, along with Ole Miss, Tennessee. Man, I, I am telling you, I, yesterday was bananas, Chris. And it's like this every single week. I mean, it's it's continuing on. This is just the first half of the season. Uh, before we dive into the actual games, I got a list of the undefeated teams that are left. All right, I'm going to read them off okay. real quick, and, and I want you to tell me which ones are frauds, okay? We okay. got Cincinnati, SMU, Wake Forest, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Michigan State, Michigan, UTSA, San Diego State, Georgia, and Coastal. So I need to I need to understand the definition of a fraud, Gary. A, a fraud is a team that had they not had that scheduled uh, thus far in the season, like a, a team that is more likely going to end with like three or four losses as opposed to finish the season undefeated. I don't think any of them end with four losses. Not a damn one of these teams end with four losses. You don't think it's possible that Michigan State could end with four losses? Okay, you're you're using the word possible. Yes, is it possible? Absolutely. Do I think it'll happen? No. You know what? I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Right. I think these are all, like, at the most, I think we're looking at maybe a three-loss team. At the worst. At the worst, yeah. None of these teams are losing four games. They're not. They're all legitimately good. None of them are frauds in the sense of they're not supposed to be this good. Hey, so so I've got a buddy of mine that was talking about, uh, you know, Jamie Chadwell being the next, you know, whatever coach. Do you think, like, how well do you think he would fit at Nebraska? I, I See, this is really something well. we talk about all the time. I don't give a damn about fit. Can he coach, Gary? Can he recruit? Can he motivate players? And can he design schemes that wins football games? Well, agreed. But, so here's the reason I bring up Nebraska is because what Jamie Chadwell runs is very triple option-ish, right? Like, And, and, and if you have the perfect quarterback like they do with Grayson McCall – he he could bring back that running game to Nebraska that that Scott Frost ain't doing. That's it. 
This is just off the top of my head. I saw Coastal here as undefeated. I I don't think they're going to get beat the rest of the season. Like until they yeah, get to the And so, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. Well, there's a world where you know they might they might lose in the championship game. I mean, I think Louisiana's pretty damn good. I think they're better than them. I think they'll be favored, and I think they'll win. And they got to play at when, app on uh, on Wednesday. So, but that App State team is good. They're not special. I agree. I agree. I have no idea why everybody in the world tried to tell me. I I literally have 35 DMs where App State's going to win, App State's going to cover, App State's going to win, App State's going to cover, you're going to miss that one. And and at no point in time did App State have a chance to even win the game. Agreed. They never had a chance to take the lead. No, it's. It, I will tell you why they do that. It's because uh, they had seen Louisiana struggle against South Alabama. When it's, it's all recency oh, okay. bias. That's all, because we, we all just assume that if you struggled once, you're just never going to be good again. Exactly. That's we all watched all we watched Auburn play like shit against Georgia State. They're just not a good football team, I guess. Everything else we've seen from them is just bullshit, right? Yeah, basically. That's okay. and that's where you know that's where Vegas tricks a lot of people. A lot of people. That line actually moved up on Tuesday night. We're not going to talk about that one. We uh, we got a lot more to discuss, so we'll go ahead and dive into it. Go ahead and let you know, winningcureseverything.com is the website. Go ahead and check that out. Everywhere you need to subscribe, everywhere you need to follow, etc., is right there. You can also find both of our shows. I host a college football show for BetUS. Chris hosts the college football show for Sportsbook Review. You can find the links to those actually in the description on this YouTube video or podcast, whichever way you are consuming the product. And, of course, we do appreciate you for doing so. If you would, be so kind to share out the show. I see a bunch of people have already jumped into the comments. Uh, Tyrone, the Flying Hawaiian, Antoine, he said, Chris is live. You better believe Chris is live after yesterday. Good gracious. What a hell I'm of a day. every Sunday. It's just during the week. I got a damn job. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, so uh, oh, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins you can sign up there using the promo code NCAAF2021. It's going to give you a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500, and it is sportsbook exclusive. Again, I tell you, every show, it's a hell of a deal. You better go take advantage of it. That's all I'm saying. There's a link in the description. Go ahead and get signed up there. Uh, we still got a long ways to go in football season, and that will help you pad your bankroll to finish out the season. Chris, starting off game number one here. What a debacle in Knoxville, Tennessee last night. Ole Miss wins 31, Tennessee 26. Uh, this game was was already nuts before it got to the end of it. It was a fascinating football game. Two, two offensive staffs that really, really know each other, right? Jeff Lebby was the offensive coordinator at UCF for Josh Heupel. These are two guys that run the same stuff. They know exactly what they're going to do. The defenses came to play last night. So, talking about the game first, Matt Corral, uh, not as great as as usual in these spots, especially against a team that you know we didn't think really had a defense. Uh, but he was 21 out of 38, 231 yards. He got baited into his first interception of the season, which is surprising since we are in week seven. Uh, but he had two touchdowns passing. The number that surprised me, 30 carries, 195 yards, man. Like, he was their running game. It was unbelievable. So, uh, this, you know, cheers to Tennessee for keeping this thing close, uh, for not just keeping it close, but, like, having a shot to win the ball game. Now, before I dive into some of this, I, I want to get your opinion on everything, the atmosphere, all of it. Tell me what you thought about that game. 
I thought it was a, a, a not the game I was expecting, but still a, a really good game. Um, you know, crowd was crazy. Crowd was wild. The atmosphere was great, you know, for the most part. At the end, it all fell apart. Everybody today is going to – and all this week is going to rip Tennessee. They're going to rip Tennessee fans. And I would like to tell all those people be really, really, really careful. Yes. Okay? Because I'm certain that we can go back not really far away and find your team, your fan base doing that. All right. That's actually literally so, going going around yeah. the internet right now. A bunch of UT fans are sharing out. I think it was from last year's basketball game. It was, it was two years or, ago, twenty nineteen. Two years ago, where with okay. Tennessee went to Ole Miss. They Tennessee won the game. Couple of crazy calls went their way, and the fans threw trash on the basketball court at the players, at the coaches, all this stuff. And now today, all the Ole Miss fans are all sitting high and mighty on their chairs looking down at Tennessee fans, calling them trash, calling them classless. And I just want to say, this is why I don't call teams cheaters ever when whenever they get caught doing something, because I'm under the impression that every fan base, every team is doing this. Every team is bending rules and, and manipulating regulations to do the exact same thing. Some teams get caught, some teams don't. Okay, yes. But it doesn't mean you're a cheater. I'm not going to call you a outright cheater all right i just don't believe in that because i think everybody's doing it now if everybody else is playing fair and one team's cheating that's different this is not how this works if every fan base is model citizens all the time and then one is trash then that's different we don't have that we don't live in that world outside of vanderbilt you just will every sec school would have this and i will guarantee you massive amounts of other schools across the country have had situations like this. I'm not defending it. I don't think it's okay. I think it's nasty. I think it's classless, but it doesn't mean that today is a day that we all just get to take a big shit on Tennessee. Yes, I I agree 100%. I wrote down uh, Brandon Walker actually tweeted this out last night about one in the morning or whatever time it was. He said, dirty little secret, every SEC stadium is capable of 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 having yeah, this happen, maybe maybe not uh, Vanderbilt. I think it'd be really hard to get Vanderbilt fans that passonate about losing a football game. If you had Vanderbilt fans super fired up about a season, and then a, a bad call goes maybe. against them late in the game, uh, yeah, maybe right. Because I think it is possible if you got if you had a James Franklin s like year, right? Maybe maybe. Uh, but I, either way, it's not just SEC; it's also just across the globe, across um, the country. But it, so I, I actually wrote down some things that I could remember. Uh, LSU, like, for years and years was known for just being ruthless, throwing batteries at opposing players, throwing Hang cups. On, I've oh, heard no, no, this. No, no, no. I've heard – give me, Gary, I've heard these things. I've I've heard people say they throw whiskey bottles in the windows. I've been at this point in time where you're talking high school and college days, all right, back in the, in the late 90s, early aughts. I've never once seen it in my life. Never, I've seen us throw trash. I've seen us throw water bottles. I've, seen, I've never seen the battery thing. I think that's a complete and utter myth. I've never seen anybody throw a whiskey bottle through some opposing fan's window. I think that's a hundred percent a myth. I've never heard about the whiskey fan or whiskey bottles through the window thing. I've I've heard the batteries. I've I've seen bottles. I've seen all kind of stuff. But also, that's just one of them, right? Uh, I also remember Ole Miss, two thousand eight, had a bad call go against them in the Alabama game. And they threw shoes, they threw bottles, like uh, liquor bottles, glass liquor bottles down on the field as uh, as Alabama fans were, or not fans, as Alabama players were trying to exit the field. I remember Alabama in 2007 
Georgia scores a walk-off touchdown in overtime. That was Mark Rick with Matt Stafford and, and that bunch. Uh, Mikey Henderson caught a pass in the back corner of the end zone right in front of the student section, and the Georgia team did a dog pile right there, and they had cups and garbage and all kind of crap that was falling all over them. So this stuff has happened before. It's not the first time. It won't be the last time. Uh, but I had, I had not seen it to this extent, right? I, one, so we did have a couple of guys come in. Uh, Ghost Dog said, golf balls hurt, lawn darts are worse. Uh, the Flying Hawaiian uh, said, have you ever seen blackout SEC students? Um, Ryan said, who takes range balls to football games? I, that is, so I did have on here, uh, who, who carries a mustard bottle? Like, how do you get a mustard bottle? These are people that were tailgating, and they just brought a bunch of shit in. Somebody had it in their purse, I'm sure. Yeah, I just uh, – or or they could have gone to the concession stand, I guess. I, I, yeah, or, or they could have just gotten to the concession stand and just yeah, taken it. There's no telling. Uh, bad officiating. Let's, let's hit on that right quick. Um, there were multiple, multiple issues in this game, but it wasn't just this game because uh, we're going to talk Auburn and Arkansas here in just a little bit. This – I don't know of any other crack. Like, it, it, we have bad officiating across the board in college football, but it is more synonymous with the SEC than anywhere else. How in the world do you do you reel this thing back in? Right? Like, what what do you even do here? I don't, I don't know how to how to fix this problem. There's, I mean, there's nothing you can do, Gary. I mean, what are you talking about? You think these guys are just going to get better at their job? We have this conversation every year. Every year we have this conversation. Last year, I think we had this conversation every week. And we just kept thinking, listen, it's our fault for expecting anything of anybody. Okay? Yep. You just have low expectations of these people. Know that they're not just – and I'm not doing the, oh, well, they're only human. No, fuck that. All right? They're pieces of shit that are bad at their job and they're highly compensated. All right? Be better at your damn job. The biggest problem I have with officiating being bad is when you know you made a bad call and somebody is explaining to you how you missed it, you have to find a way to correct that. Like you can't, these guys get their ego. It's just like umpires, just like everybody else. They all have these huge egos and they don't want to change their mind because they think that will make them look worse when actually it will make them look a lot, lot better if they just if they just said, you know what, I got that wrong, we're going to reverse this call. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Larry jumped in. He said, SEC fans are super passionate, and it isn't close. It, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I don't know that you would get this out of a lot of Pac-12 games, but you also might not get it out of a lot of Pac-12 games because it, there's just not as many people there that are fired up about their team. Like, I, you know, it, it, this was this was SEC's uh, or, or Tennessee's coming out party, and – you know, yeah, this stuff is going to happen. This stuff is going to happen. Uh, what did you think about the the faking injuries thing? I don't know that there were as many fake injuries in that. If you go back and look, they ran over 190 plays between the two teams. Uh, even with the lower temperatures, you run that many plays, man, especially because Ole Miss had a bunch of guys that were out, so you had guys that were playing every single snap. Yeah, I... Some of those, I think, were actual, like, cramp injuries. So, I, and even even if they weren't, this is just part of the game. Until they find a way to enforce penalties on something like this, you can't you can't stop somebody from faking an injury. So, well, you, you can't stop them, but can I not like it? 
can yeah, I call yeah, them yeah, out can, on it? Yeah, we can because I don't do like that. it. I don't like, and I'm a, I'm a consistent across the board. When my team does it, I think it's bullshit. When other teams do it, I think it's bullshit. Like I understand it's a manipulation of the rule, and we need to change the rule. I know they'll never change the rule. They'll absolutely never change it, and I really don't even know how to appropriately change it. That's the biggest problem because. Because at some point in time, you are going to end up penalizing a team for having a legitimate injury. And that, so I don't know the answer to that. All right. But I do know that it's bullshit and it's got to, we've got to find a way to stop it. Yeah. No, it, it was, it got a little out of hand in, in Knoxville last night uh, between both of the teams. Uh, I've never seen a Tennessee. Well, the spot, the spot on the, on the, on the fourth down play was, yeah. was complete and utter bullshit. And then how did you see the screenshot of the referee that, called the spot and where he was coming from and how he's the one that's supposed to determine where that spot was. Yes. I mean, he was 35 yards downfield away from the play running towards it. How in the hell do you know where to spot the football? And they what don't. angle do you have? He, there's no so way. So why are we not reviewing that? Why are we not saying you're not allowed to make that call? We're going to let the computer, we're going to let something else make that call here is. So, so this is another thing that we need to figure out is why with all the technology that we have today why in the world are we letting terrible like camera angles and refs coming from 35 yards away decide where a ball is supposed to be spotted like where did he get the ball to has has anybody has anybody watched tennis in a long time i know that's not like a big sport that people who are football guys usually watch okay but tennis (laughs) has this figured out and they figure it out in seconds. You're talking like 90 seconds they figure this shit out because they have the entire place gridded out electronically. Yeah, and it's it's microchips. This is right. this is this is not that complicated of a thing. This is not a very hard problem to solve. It's a problem that football has refused to solve openly. And they say we like the human they use all these old bullshit reasons for doing it. You know what? I still like cooking with fire, okay? But it doesn't mean it's the only way you should be cooking all of your food. All right? Yeah. You just you we it's the 21st century, damn it. Like let's do something different. We have so many cameras around. The fact that they get some of the shittiest camera angles. Like how is that possible? Larry jumped in and said put a camera on the down marker. Uh I, that is not going to solve all of these. Like, it's just not. Because from the backside of where he was reaching that ball, there was a defender in front of where the ball was. You're not going to be able to see it every time. So there's there's other things. The microchipping, the... The microchipping, uh, the, the you just have to do it the way... Yeah, listen, I know nobody wants to... Nobody in football wants to take take tips from tennis all right that's just like the anti-football thing to do but that's what we should be doing by the way you should go to smarter more intelligent people and say how did you fix this problem okay and why did you fix it this way because you were tired of people screaming and hollering and losing their shit over 15 minutes of arguing about something that you're the official's not going to change their mind on but also you're talking of millions and millions of dollars being swung in value. All right. And I'm not talking about gambling. I'm talking about winning football games and what it matters to schools, to programs, to teams, uh, to coaches, to, to athletic departments. I'm talking about how much money every call is actually worth. All right. And the fact that we just refuse to do things where we know we could get it right if we wanted to, because we just have our ways about us. Fuck yeah. those ways. 
Ryan McCracken said all the tech in the world would make that a first down. I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, it was really, really close. I will say that. I mean, who knows? He, he had the ball. He didn't extend the ball. He should have extended the ball. Like, hang on, hang on. If you've got clear evidence, okay, if you've got clear evidence that it wasn't a first down, you don't have the scene afterwards. Not defending it. I'm not saying it was okay. But if we had the technology, if we use the technology, we have the technology. If we use the technology to fix it, we wouldn't have had the problem last night. Tennessee fans could have been very pissed off, been very upset, but they would have been very upset for different reasons, and it wouldn't have been blaming the refs. It wouldn't have been blaming somebody doing something that doesn't favor them. Yes. Yes, I'm with you. All right, we have spent uh, a long time on this game. We could spend another you know, hour just specifically on this game because of all the stuff that went on with it, but let's get a move on. Let's move over to the Big Ten. Purdue, 24, Iowa 7, and the Boilermaker nightmare continues for the Hawkeyes. They are now 1-4 and four straight up in their last five against Jeff Brom's bunch. Uh, that... That stat blew my mind. That was wild. I didn't know that, by the way, when I picked when I picked Iowa to win and cover eleven. I, I had no clue. Styles make fights, uh, man. Like they, sometimes you thing. are. It, sometimes it's just a bad matchup for whatever reason. And and Purdue, as bad as they have been recently, they just have Iowa's number for whatever well, reason. Some of this is a you know. Remember when Jeff Brom first got there? I thought, man, that was one of the best hires in the country. I think that guy's an offensive genius. Yeah, and he's had a couple of games like this that were really special. And then he's just—it's just like when he's not having these games, man, he struggles to get anything out of his team. And it's just really strange because I love when that team is on. I love Jeff Brom football. I love that style. I love everything about what he does as a coach. He has dealt with a lot of injuries and and all that. We we thought we'd see a lot more of Rondell Moore. Um, but we're talking over years, man. Yeah, no, this is not this year. No, 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 no. Uh, his his quarterback is. I will tell you this: this is the best defense that he has had there, and it is not close. George Karloftis is an absolute beast. Uh, here's the numbers on Aiden O'Connell, by the way. That vaunted Iowa defense let him throw thirty out of forty for three hundred seventy five yards and two touchdowns, and my brother, we have talked in the past about this wide receiver, David Bell. Bell Eleven yeah. catches for two hundred forty yards and two touchdowns. No, nobody, nobody talks about this kid nearly enough, and we don't talk about this kid nearly enough. Some yeah. of that's on us. So we we have a show, we have a platform, and we don't do it. Uh, he's special. He's he special. Is. He's been special for years. This is not a, a this is not a twenty twenty one thing. This guy's been special for a while, man. Oh, very much so. He's he's not special in every game. I mean, my God, this team put up 13 points on on Minnesota. Like, they got beat at home. And Illinois. And, and Illinois, Illinois, Minnesota. <laughs> they had three Big Ten games in a row. I don't remember the third team, but none of them are impressive. Might have been Rutgers. None of them are very good. They scored th- 13 points in three in all three games. Oh, one of, a, no, one of them the was uh, was Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> Tyrone said, will this help? Uh, will this win help Notre Dame? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this win means for Notre Dame. <laughs> I think Notre Dame just needs to keep winning. That's a, that's all I think. Because uh, Purdue is still not like a great football. Like a, I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, we well, can't I, hurt Notre Dame. It no, can't, it can't hurt, hurt Notre Dame. No, no, it can't hurt them. Absolutely not. Um, but I don't know that it means anything for Notre Dame at this point. I mean, Purdue still got like what three losses on the season. So I don't know. No, what? they've only got two. I'm looking at them now: Minnesota and Notre Dame. Are those the only two losses? 
It's the only two losses they got. I thought they Put had some respect one on their oh, name. Damn they, it. Beat, they beat Oregon State early in the year. Okay. Yes, yeah, they beat Oregon State. Week okay. one. Okay. They well, got a couple good wins now. Maybe. That, yes, that helps Notre Dame. The the people shitting on Notre Dame for no ungodly reason is beyond me. I don't understand it. I just don't understand are we, it. Are we shit like did I shit yes, on Notre Dame? Yes, you have shit on Notre Dame. Yes, you shit on Notre Dame. No, I'm just saying year. I don't think that this game necessarily matters. It just depends on no, what I, Notre Dame does. I'm not talking about what you just said. I'm talking about all year. Not a very good football team. Not a very they good football been. team. Oh, they've lost. A, they've lost. They've lost one game. One yeah, game to. A, oh yeah, one of the best teams in the country. Who's okay. probably going to be number two in the rankings this week. Yeah. So let's 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 be real careful about just shitting on them. Uh, okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> uh, th- we all knew that this was not sustainable for Iowa. The offense has not been good enough to to warrant a number two ranking. But the rankings are very much what it, what is it worth, right? Like, what have you done thus far this season? Who have you beaten? And do you deserve a ranking, right? This is not a rating metric that the AP puts out there. This is who deserves to be ranked this high. And at this point in the season, uh, before yesterday, Iowa did deserve to be ranked number two in the country. Now, Absolutely. you can go back and look at everything that they've done and realize, oh, that offense needs a whole lot of help from that defense and when they cannot get turnovers or when the offense is turning the football over it don't go well right Purdue is not a national title contender Iowa also I don't believe is a national title contender however they still only have one loss they still have everything in front of them and the schedule sets up brilliantly for them the rest of the way but they can get beat by anybody on this schedule if Spencer Petras throws four interceptions like he did yesterday. But right. any team can get beat if you throw yes. four interceptions. Oh, yeah. And and what's crazy is it wasn't the interceptions that led to the points for Purdue. It Purdue went on long, sustained drives. They kept the football away from Iowa. Like, it was a master class of offense by Jeff Brom and that bunch because they knew it was going to be tough to score on them, and they found all of the different things that would hurt Iowa. And it, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I was uh, I was a little shocked at how one-sided the game was. I thought Purdue had a shot to win. I did not think that it would be like this. So uh, let's move into the Big 12 right quick. And, brother, is the Gundy gang actually good? Like, yes. Are we? Are we did, it, didn't we say that before the season started? And so we, well, here. So 32-24, Oklahoma State gets the win over Texas. Um, I, I still don't know what to make of it because if Texas had not shot themselves in the foot time after time after time, there was a point in this game where they could have been up like 35 to 10. Like they, they gave points to Oklahoma state that kept them in the ball game and shot themselves in the foot and cost themselves points. I, this, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think Texas. You and I just see football differently all the time. Okay. All the time. Because you never give the other team credit for doing something. No, so but Oklahoma State didn't take season. those points? Oklahoma State didn't take those points? They I'm didn't talking, cause those mistakes? It, it, so, so okay, maybe we do a little bit. Because I look at it as... Because you, al- you always see it as one team is supposed to be good. So if anything good happens to the team that's not supposed to be as good, then they just got lucky. The other team just gave it away. You, you have this hierarchy of who's supposed to be good and who's not all the time. 
And it drives me insane. You don't ever give the other team credit for taking the ball away, for for stop making the stops, for making the big defensive plays, for putting the pressure on them, for for taking advantage of the mistakes the other team has. How in the world is Oklahoma State anything but one of the most exciting and great teams right now? They played a gauntlet. Okay. They went to Boise. That's a tough place to play. They it came is. away with the win. Do they look impressive all the time? No. Are they getting wins every week and some of them now racking up against good teams? That's absolutely. True. Look at that Baylor win. That's a hell of a damn win. No, it's it's absolutely uh, a hell of a win. Absolutely. Uh, Larry jumped in said pick six was the turn. Easy pick six was almost a gift. Uh, it's not just the pick six. It's the penalties on the drives that extend drives that would have been stopped. It's different things along those lines, right? It's it's the offense just making bad throws. Casey Thompson did not look good in this ballgame. Uh, a lot of that is the defense, yes. And I, I have given say, them credit. This is the first time but, he's played a good defense since. Well, he's played a good defense the entire year. That's it, because he wasn't the starter against Arkansas. But that's it. When, imagine that. He's looked amazing when they play teams that don't play defense. That's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. When they play somebody who actually hits you in the face, he crumbled. It's uh, it, so, so I will tell you this. Oklahoma State kind of wore them out uh, throughout the game. They ran for like 150 yards in the fourth quarter. But I mean, isn't that what this team does dominant. now? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it kind of is. It is so strange. Like this, they is, built this team like an SEC football team, yes. an old school SEC football team. Yes, it is unreal. Spencer Sanders did not make the crippling interception that that sometimes he is known to make. Uh, he he looked good. He just stayed within himself. Didn't do anything crazy. The coaching staff, credit to them, did not ask him to do anything that he could not do, and nope. and that is the sign of a great coaching staff. And a and really, want, and really good football there's, there's no reason they shouldn't look great the rest of the season because there's not a great defense they're going to play left on the schedule. There's not a team where defensively they should give this offense any problems at all. I Well, I mean, they still got to play Iowa State next week in Ames. I don't think Iowa State's defense is that great, by the way. Really? No. I think they're good. I don't think they're great. Yeah, I don't okay. think they're better than Baylor's defense. I yeah I could I could maybe side with that. Uh, so they've got Iowa State, they've got Kansas at West Virginia, TCU, Texas Tech, and then of course Bedlam on the last weekend, uh, November twenty seventh. None of those defenses scare me. I no, think same. this offense won't make mistakes to cost them games. So if their defense can play as good as they've have, all those games are winnable. I don't think they will win all of them. I think all those games are winnable. Yes, I I do agree with you. Uh, I think. I think at this point in the season they were number twelve. I, I think I think they're moving up. I think they're going to be a yeah, top ten team. Um, well, so I'm, a top ten team. You think they'll move up two points because they're still undefeated? They just won in Austin. No, I'm. Yeah, I'm they're thinking, going to move up. I'm thinking you know eight, seven. I mean they they deserve to be way up there. Can uh, you not justify them being in the top five? I think I probably name could. five te- name five teams that have a better resume than them. Oh, I can't I can't find one. They they got to win over Kansas State, Boise. Uh, Baylor, Texas. I mean, they they just beat three top twenty-five teams in a row. Yep, and and that doesn't not, include boys. Not another team has them. I'm not saying make them number one in the country, but not an, if you can't get them to the top five, the whole ranking system's bullshit. Because what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, let's talk about your boys. LSU 49, Florida 42. Uh, this was shocking, I, I guess you could say, but in a way, maybe it wasn't. I said on the BetUS show, everything points Florida. All the injuries, all the stats, all everything points Florida. There's only going to be 70,000 LSU fans in the stands at this one. It's not a raucous home field environment. It's all this different stuff, Right. And yet, we had the same damn situation last year when they went to Gainesville, when everything was looking against them, and they went into Gainesville with 40-something scholarship players and won against a, a top five, I think at the time, Florida football team that was headed to the SEC championship game. I, I don't know what to make of this. Like I, I will tell you this. It is really, really nice to have a week where we are not talking about when Coach O is going to be fired. And instead, we're talking about the other side where we got to figure out what Dan Mullen's doing. And it's Todd Grantham that maybe should have been fired at the end of last season. We're we're back into the days of third and Grantham, aren't we? Oh, very much so. Uh, This is so the numbers here uh, Tyrion Davis Price, by the way, LSU single game rushing record, uh, had 287 yards on 36 carries. That's eight yards a clip. Uh, But on top of that, like, Florida's defense had been pretty good against the run. And LSU had, what, 327 yards? I think I saw this. 327 yards in the in the previous four games. Yep. They had 321 in this game alone. That is damning. Just yep. damning. Like, I, I, there's, there's nothing that you could tell me that, that would have made me believe before this game that LSU would be able to do this. And yet, uh, yeah, good. Yeah, no, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm so just, there was nothing from the LSU side. This was not, this was not coaching. This was not scheming. This was not any of that. This was men deciding we are, we're resetting the season. We are tired of the way we have looked. We are tired of we, the embarrassment that we've been. It's, it's time to put all that behind us and just go outplay somebody. Just go be bigger, stronger, faster than somebody else. Go yeah. hit somebody that's in front of you, push them to the ground, and just impose your will on them. And that's exactly what they did. They did it the entire game. Um, what? So I'm I'm really proud of of LSU and the performance that they had. Unbelievable. 
the the question that I've got to ask is is what in the hell is going on with Dan Mullins? And and it's simply this: Dan Mullins, the, the Florida football team leads the SEC going into that game and running for football, right? Yes. They 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 ran the ball on everybody, and they lead the SEC in rushing the ball. Well, led the why country. Didn't they, like it. Why, why didn't they? Why didn't they run the football against us? He comes out throwing the ball, and they turn the ball over four times. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Just d- Kentucky ran it right down our throat last week. Everybody that's played us, that's given us problems, or that's beaten us up, ran the ball down our throat week in and week out. Why are you the best rushing team in the country not running the football on us? Why are you coming out trying to throw it on a team that everybody's running on? What What I, are you thinking there? What is I, your? I don't have an answer. Like, it, and they, I don't either. I'm I'm damn glad he did it, but I don't understand it. They ran the ball 35 times for 138 yards, only 3.9 per clip. Uh, it is. I mean, it's mind-boggling. Uh, Emory Jones ran it 10 times for 16 yards. Anthony Richardson ran seven times for 37 yards. Naquan Wright, uh, eight for 34 yards. Damian Pierce, five for 24. Like, they never gave anybody an opportunity to really get going. And part of it was they they weren't stopping LSU, and they were giving easy points early, but, but they were throwing early. That's what got them in the hole to begin with was – they were they were giving the ball away. Emory Jones with three interceptions was, I mean, just damning, like it just yeah. ridiculous. At this point, like you at Florida, you've got three losses. You absolutely have to stop the Emory Jones experiment because he's had three years. Like he's he's had three years to prep to be in this position, and he's not good. You have got to start Anthony Richardson. You got to start AR fifteen going I, forward. I love and I love Anthony. I love Anthony Richardson yes. too. I think that kid is a star. I think he's really good, and I I don't know why he's not getting more touches. I just, I he, just don't did you see it. his tweet after or not his tweet his uh his post game comments afterwards? Um, mm-hmm. and I I'll have to say it was somebody somebody said like should you be starting or whatever the question was somewhere around there, uh, and he was like you know I don't know. Uh, we'll just have to see going forward. It was it was basically him saying like, "You better start me, or I'm leaving." Yeah. Like I I deserve this role, and it's very similar to what is going on in Oklahoma, right? I think, I, he, but hang on, I think he's right. He is right. Football is, football is supposed to be a meritocracy. It is supposed to be the one place where race, religion, economic status, political views, all of this stuff goes away. Seniority, everything goes out the window. And it is, we have 50-something, 60-something football teams, 80-something men in a locker room. And you owe it to all of them, the rest of them, to start the best players, okay? You owe it to everybody that's working really hard to to do the job, to win football games and to compete every week. You owe it to all of them to put the best people out there, the most deserving people on the field. All right. That's, that's your, that's your number one responsibility as a coach is to make sure that no outside bias influences come into play here. And you just start the best players. I don't know why these coaches are getting too cute with this. If you've got somebody better than someone else, why is Lincoln Riley afraid 
of of Spencer Rattler transferring out? Why is he scared of that? The guy can't play football and be really good at it. We've watched him. You have one of the most quarterback-friendly offenses in the world, and he's not very good. Emory Jones has had signs of being good, but Dan Mullen is one of the most quarterback-friendly coaches in the country, and the other guy's better. Why are you afraid of him leaving? Where can he go where you think he can snake bite you? You got me. You got me. I, I don't know. Hey, you think he's going to transfer to South Carolina and their offensive coaching staff is better than you? You I, think I they're going to get something out of him that you couldn't get? I will tell what you, are you scared of? I will tell you what some people are scared of, and it's what happened to James Franklin in Kinnick Stadium last week, and that is you've got two guys that are pretty good. You want to try and make both of them happy. When one of them leaves and you don't have the other guy that's behind him prepped and he's not ready to play, it can cost you a game, right? That's that's the issue. But it can cost you a game like this one if you're Dan Mullen if you don't start the right guy from the very beginning. So, yeah, you know, uh, what are you going to do? Hey, the Flying Hawaiian jumped in and said, like the video, guys. Yes, we've got, uh, we've got more people watching than have liked the video. So go ahead and like the video for us and make sure you are subscribed to the channel. We do this every Sunday. Uh, for those that are coming in from Chicago and whatnot that, that heard me on Friday morning with Jonathan Hood, uh, we appreciate you being here. We talked a lot about our Sunday recap show on that. So, uh, yes, we uh, we are glad that you guys are here. Uh, Josh jumped in and said, Go Tigers. Uh, Ghost Dog jumped in and said, LSU in Florida showed me they got no defense. And Modest Cowboy said, uh, Ed O knows how to get his team motivated. Really impressive. I I don't even know that it was necessarily Coach O. I think this was a team that was tired of being embarrassed. That's what uh, I think. Some of, some of it is, Coach, and Coach O's got to get some credit here. Um, the best thing – I'm going to tell you the best thing that came out of Tiger Stadium. Now, I don't know – this is the thing that makes me the happiest. I don't know if it's true either. It, it is absolutely a rumor. But the rumor is that after this game, him and Woodward sat down and, and had a long talk, and they basically negotiated a lesser buyout um, – for him to to leave at the end of the season and he gets to finish the season no matter what else happens and there's a trust factor of I trust you with this program I trust you to do the right thing but also we want to leave this thing in in a in the right way because we want coach O to always be able to come back to Tiger Stadium and be heralded as a hero and not be remembered for this season or last season we want we want to be able to celebrate in 10 years the the 2019 season and, and bring those players back and bring those coaches back and, and, and him and Joe Brady and Joe Burrow and, and Steve Emziger and all those guys and to celebrate and cheer them on again. And if they leave in, you know, tumultuous ways, you're just not going to get that. Yeah, and it's, I, it's very I tough think, to do that. I hope, I hope that that rumor is true because it, that's the that's how I want this relationship to end. I want it to to them to separate ways in, in situations where we understand everybody's okay here. Yeah, I tend, I tend to agree. Tend to agree. All right, let's move on from there. Uh, it, we'll we'll kind of start going quicker on some of these. Auburn 38, Arkansas 23. Uh, Bo Nix, I'm not going to apologize for the things that I have said before because he deserved all of it. He played horribly the last two seasons, and and people still thought, oh, he's you know he's one of the best quarterbacks, da-da-da-da-da. Uh, he was not. He absolutely was not. However, uh massive massive improvements this season and he was awesome against the hogs yesterday uh props to brian harson and mike bobo for being able to to develop him 
And did anybody it, think Mike Bobo had that in him still? I'll, I'll be honest, no. Uh, <laughs> I didn't because I, I didn't. I didn't either. I didn't either. By the way, I didn't know anything about Harson, so I can't. I can't speak to that. I didn't think Bobo had this anyway. When they made that hire as an OC, I thought, well, we've seen him in the SEC for a while, and he hadn't done anything special. Nope, you are 100% correct. Uh, he's, done, he's done some special, special this year. Oh, yes. Bo Nix, 21 out of 26, two touchdowns, uh, 292 yards, and, uh, and one interception. Josh said he plays well on the road. Yeah, that's the biggest change. Is He has always been uh, Bo Picks on the road. He's been awful on the road. And this year thus far, at LSU – at Arkansas, even at Penn State, like he has played really well. This was not the Tank Bigsby show or anything like that. Like, it, this wasn't the the ground game that that got them this win. I, I will say this: so I watched a lot of this game yesterday, and there were some big, big officiating. We talked about it with the Ole Miss game. There was some big officiating stuff in this, uh, but I don't know that any of it was so overwhelming that it took Arkansas out of the game. Arkansas had plenty of opportunities here to win this football game, and I think this team finally just ran out of gas. They have been against a gauntlet from the word go this season, and and they just do not have the depth required to be able to compete week in and week out all season long against a schedule like this. I mean, if you look at who they have played – at Texas, Texas A&M, Georgia, Ole Miss. Now you got to come home to face off against Auburn. I mean, it it's tough. It is a gauntlet in the SEC West, and then they were going through it. They were going through it. It should be a little easier on the back half, but man, uh, you know, it, it, Fayetteville was rocking. This was a hell of a crowd. They they put up a hell of a fight, and they were in it until the very end. And and Auburn uh, surprised me. Very much surprised yeah. me. I thought that this team was not very good this year. Uh, this would, this one is the one that kind of turned the the corner for me. Uh, did, did you have a feeling on this one? Yeah, I I like. I still like Arkansas. I still think the way that listen, we we now are looking at them from a different lens, yes. and so it's so we're using words like frauds and things like that remember how, how can somebody be a fraud when they came into the season and people thought they would struggle to win four games agreed, agreed. And, and you know what i'm saying and now because they because they've lost a couple of games they've lost some of them ugly like we well now they're frauds well really really like i don't i don't understand that um auburn just outplayed them Bo yes. Bo looked magical. Bo looked like he looked at Baton Rouge. He just was pulling stuff out of his ass that he just didn't think was capable of doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. At the toughest part of Arkansas schedule, by the way, already gone. They play uh, yeah. Arkansas Pine Bluff. Then they've got a, a bye week. They play Mississippi State at home. They've got at LSU. They do have at Alabama, and then they close with Missouri. So. Yep. You know they're sitting at four and three right now. Uh, I think, but if they can far, win three out of those five games, that's a seven-win season for a team that I think their over/under coming into the season was four and a half. No, it was uh, five and a half. Five and a half. Five and a half. Okay, but, but still, but still, like that's, that's like, impressive. You know what I'm saying? Like this is, I, it really bothers me when people are now calling them frauds. Like, yeah, not, really? not frauds. This was just this was always going to be the toughest part of the schedule, and and the fact that they got the win over a And M, they got the win over Texas. Uh, you huge, still got, huge wins. Yes, you still got plenty of shots later on in this season to get big wins as well. Uh, the program's headed in the right direction. And and Auburn, it showed in this one, 
they have got the program headed in the right direction as well. So this is uh this is, I will tell you this. The last half of the season is going to be a lot of fun in the SEC. A lot of fun. Uh, keeping on the SEC, let's talk Georgia and Kentucky right quick. Uh, not not a whole lot to say about this one. Georgia won 30-13. to 13. It was 14-7 to 7 at the half. And Kentucky's offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, brought out everything in this one. He, I'm talking all the shifts, all the motions, all the trips to the left, trips to the right, all the different kind of cockamamie stuff. Uh, running, you know, wide receivers out of the the running back position and and tight ends and running post route, like all kinds of crazy stuff in this ball game. And that that long drive, what was it like a twenty play drive or whatever they had that got them their touchdown in the first half? Yeah, that was his masterpiece. He, I don't, I don't think they ever expected to win the game, but I think that they wanted to prove that they could put up points on this defense and that they were going to at least hang in the game and make Georgia uncomfortable, and they did for a long portion of this ballgame. Uh, so props to Mark Stoops and what he's doing. He is still – they're 6-1 and one right now. He is going to get a lot of looks at other places. I don't know that if I were him, I would leave Kentucky because I think that he is a god there at this point. Uh, there are very reasonable expectations at Kentucky that you will not find. Yeah, but if you have a chance to go somewhere and win a national title, that's different. Right. It depends on what you want to do, right? Because I don't think you can win a national title at Kentucky. Oh, I agree. Not right now, at least. No. So so you could be great. You can be really, really good. But that's the issue is, is do you think you can win a title? Because if you can go somewhere and win a title, let's say you get the, would you rather, oh, I ask you this, would you rather be at a place like Kentucky and when you're done, have them build a statue to you and you be a god and a legend there? Or, but never win an idol, never even win an SEC title, never even make it to Atlanta. Or go to a place like LSU. I'm not saying he's going to take the LSU. Or USC or someplace like that. Those are the jobs that are going to be open that we know of. And and be there for four years, five years, win a championship, and then two years after that be ran out on a rail. Um, See, that is that is really difficult. He has been at Kentucky since 2013. He is at 55 and 51 overall before this season. So what does that make him? Uh, no, no, no. That, that includes the season. Okay. I Man, I think he's 54 years old. I think I would probably want to go try and win a national title. I think uh, so, too. Especially because of, of his family, right? Like, Well, Bob, well here's the other argument. Like, Bob has a title. You could, listen, you can always go back. Like, do you, you don't think if you got ran out of rail out of L.A., let's say he becomes a new USC coach and he wins a title, and then three years after winning the title, they run his ass out of town, okay? You don't, you don't think he could pick up the phone and call Kentucky and say, hey, he couldn't pull a Petrino and just say, hey, I, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have left. You know what? It's it's very possible. Um, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I mean, if I were him, I'd probably give it a shot. Um, he He's not, like, super young. He's not, you know, whatever – uh, I would he he's made all the money that he needs to make. I think if I had the opportunity to go try and do that, like if he were offered the LSU job, because very very few people in the world are going to have national championships. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. Um, I mean, at LSU, we have seen like Coach O won a title, Les Miles won a title. Neither of those is as uh, as regarded, as well regarded as a yeah. you know X's and O's guy, a development guy as Mark Stoops. Yeah. 
So all the people that are out there saying uh, Lane would never leave for LSU, Ole Miss, listen, be real careful about what you say and think about it. Take your fan hat off and look at logic. One team has never made it to Atlanta, never even won the West. And the other team has won three titles over three years with or 20 years with three different coaches, two of which are nationally seen as incompetent. Yes. Yes. How do you how do you argue with saying, I think I'll go try that? Hey, you can't. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Ghost Dogs said uh, Kentucky offense did everything they could and uh, and they scored 13 points. Go dogs. Uh well let's let's get let's be real careful here because Florida, who just gave up 49 to uh, what was regarded as a uh, an incompetent LSU offense, uh, you know, Florida held Kentucky to only 13 offensive points. So, you know, let's let's not go crazy here. But yes, it was an incredible performance by Georgia for sure. Uh, I want to move to the Pac-12 for a little bit, and I want to I want us to kind of start rolling here. Yeah, Utah, we need to, we need to roll. I gotta right. go. Uh, Utah, th- what time you got to be out? <laughs> No, I don't have a hard. I just need. We just need to go. I got. You. I got shit to do. <laughs> Utah thirty-five, Arizona State uh, twenty-one. Utah outscored Arizona State twenty-eight to nothing in the second half. Utah scored on all four of their second half drives, and Arizona State had punt, missed field goal, punt, end of game. Like this was as efficient as you can possibly get. It was beautiful, beautiful. By the Utes, they look like the dominant team in the Pac-12 South. And now you got to start paying attention to their matchup against UCLA. You got to pay attention to their matchup against Oregon. But they are in a position right now where they look like with Cam Rising at quarterback, this is the best team in the Pac-12 South. Maybe the best team in the Pac-12. Uh, did you did you watch any of this last night? Watched a lot of it. I'm trying to figure out why did it take them so long to get going. Um. So I think there were some issues. This game was um, twenty-one to seven for a long time. It it was. Uh, I don't. I thought you were talking about just on the season period. No, um, I'm talking about this game. If Cam Rising, why did Cam Rising look like shit in the first half? That's a great question, and I don't I mean, have a good answer. He looked bad. So if he's going to be a fifth, if he's going to be a one-half quarterback, that that's great. Sometimes that ain't going to win a lot of games. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. You're not going to get many opportunities where your defense is going to hold somebody to nothing for you to score 28 unanswered. Yeah. That's, uh, that's I, my problem. That's my fear. I thought he looked really good. I thought the second half was amazing. I'm trying to figure out why why this offense can't get going earlier than that. Why, yeah, why were they why, like, just completely inept the first half? So, uh, Larry said, coaching adjustments. Cam is nervous. It's only his third start. Uh he was nervous at home. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't find the nervousness thing. I will say this: that Arizona State, very physical team, very intimidating team. But I did not think it would take that long for him to get rolling. Like I'll say that I, I did not. I didn't think that it would take that long. But either way, they got it rolling. I mean, they were at home. They they took care of what they needed to take care of. Uh, not not a ton of. Not a ton of mistakes in the first half. It was just Arizona State was the better football team in the first half. They just couldn't. They just couldn't get first downs. Yeah, just three and out, three and out, three and yeah. out, three and out. I mean, offense looked awful. And so this is this sets up well for Utah, uh, and, and sets up well for my over eight and a half ticket that I'm holding right now for the season because I thought that thing was deader than hell. But uh, but Utah looks good thus far. Uh, moving on to the next one, the Caleb Williams show. 
in Norman last night. Good Lord, I had that on one of my TVs. And uh, Caleb Williams, 18 out of 23 for 295 yards passing, four touchdowns. He had nine carries for 66 yards and one touchdown. Kennedy Brooks, now that Caleb Williams is the quarterback, uh, Kennedy Brooks is a monster at running back for them. Had 20 carries for 153 yards, one touchdown. Uh, my question out of this game wasn't so much about Oklahoma because now, like, once they have a competent quarterback in there, yes, like, we know what we're going to get from that Oklahoma offense week in and week out. Uh, my question is, what in the world, and we ask it every week, it feels like, what's going on with TCU's defense? Like, the offense has been good enough. Max Duggan, 20 out of 30 passing, 346 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He had eight carries for 45 yards. And, and the wide receiver, Quentin Johnson, uh, seven catches, 185 yards, three touchdowns. That should be enough for, an, uh, for a TCU team, for a Gary Patterson team to win with. If you got a quarterback that is slanging for 300 yards and four touchdowns, you ought to be able to win a game. And... And they've done it multiple times this year. Max Duggan has looked great this season. This defense is atrocious. Yeah, and they're bad. I, I, I don't know what to make of it. And I I have tried watching this team. I'm buddies with guys that cover TCU, and they can't figure this out. Like, this defense on paper is supposed to be the best one that they have had ever under Gary Patterson, and he cannot get them working right. Like they're, they, I know that they've got some injury issues and whatnot, but I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. Uh, I, I mean, you you got a thought on this one? Uh, no, I mean it's just they're not good. I, like on paper, they're supposed to be good. Okay, cares? Like they haven't been good all year. Why are we surprised? Like if they came out and they held them to thirteen points, I'd be shocked as shit. Yeah, yeah. Like them giving up fifty points doesn't surprise me because they've done it all year. This is who they are. It's what they do. At what point are we going to stop being surprised by things that we've seen over and over and over again? That's weird. Like, I don't get that. Well, I think uh, I think the thing that I'm surprised about is that it has not improved, right? We're to the how are they going to get better, Gary? How are they going to get better? If they're not good, how are they going to get better? Well, we just saw what LSU did against Florida. and I, I don't No, know no you saw a kitchen sink game. Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe. I don't know. And you also saw a team that came in that did something exactly the opposite of what they were like have done all year. That's yeah, true. Okay. True. Uh Larry Pilgrim said uh Cal put a 30 burger on TCU at home. Enough said. Yeah, no you you ain't wrong about that. Ain't wrong about that. Uh let's see. Michigan State 20, Indiana 15. Uh, I I only put this one here. We don't have to spend long on it, but Michigan State absolutely did not deserve to win this football game and yet they found a way to win it. 12 penalties, uh, turnovers, just didn't look good, and yet Indiana was not able to capitalize on it at all. Jack Tuttle, actually relatively impressive in this game. I had this one on uh, as well this uh, yesterday, and I, I think the fact that Michigan State can find ways to win, even when Kenneth Walker III is bottled up, even when Peyton Thorne isn't having you know his best day, whatever, and the defense is... Eh, but they, they it's been don't break. Like, Michigan State impressed me, I think, more in a close win on the road here than than in some of those bigger wins that they had early in the season. You kind of feel the same? Uh, yeah, I mean, they just fought through a game where they played poorly and still were able to win. This is why I like this team. When you don't commit penalties, when you don't turn the football over, and when you just 
keep playing defense, just keep playing football, but not making mistakes. Even when you're playing badly, you're still in games. This is this is why I like this team. This is why I continue to bet this team. This is why I continue to, to pick this team over and over and over again. I know they're not going to beat themselves. Yeah, and, and now they almost did yesterday because of all the penalties, but but they, they cleaned it up towards the end of the game, figured out what they needed to do to win, and did it. And it was it was impressive. Mel Tucker week after week impresses me. Uh, he's he's building something pretty strong there. So cheers to them. Baylor thirty eight, BYU twenty four, uh, brother. Uh, so Dave Aranda and Jeff Grimes. Uh, we've said it week after week. Just incredible coaching job. What they have done from last season to this season has been not miraculous, but insanely impressive. And BYU. Um, what has happened to the Cougars in in the last couple of weeks? Is it just they are playing better teams, or? Well, is, I mean, they played Utah early on. They played Boise early on. I mean, they, no, they lost the Boise game. Yeah, they, they lost. You know, they, they beat uh, Arizona State. Arizona State. I mean, they've beaten good teams. It's not that they're playing bad, better teams now. I just it it surprised me that Baylor was able to handle them as easily. Like I, I thought, I expected this game to be lower twenties. You know, maybe three four point game. And I did not expect Baylor's offense to look as good as Baylor's offense looked over the last couple of weeks. Yes. I, I thought after the first three weeks, because after the first three weeks of that, or first three drives of the Iowa State game for Baylor, uh, they also, you know, I, I'm counting that against Oklahoma State because they looked awful against Oklahoma State, but they looked awful for the rest of the game against Iowa State. So I thought people had kind of figured out their offense. And, and maybe Baylor's just like really damn good. I, I think that's a, a possibility at this point. Uh, yep. Friday night game. I want to hit on that one. Clemson, 17, Syracuse, 14. Uh, I had to bring up Dino. Syracuse was able to run the football on these guys. Like, yep. Syracuse was averaging nine yards a carry in the first half here. They only had seven points. But uh, this I, – I'm, I'm not so much – Larry said BYU's losing because of depth. Uh, Try telling their fans, but nobody listens. Um I don't uh, – maybe, maybe. Uh, Clemson at Pitt next week. Yikes, because Clemson still cannot score. They shoot themselves in the foot too many times. I thought the Clemson offense looked better in this game. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you were watching this on Friday along with uh, – it, it was the Red Sox game on on Friday night. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I had both games going, yeah. yeah. So, so we kind of talked about this in the group chat a little bit. It, Clemson's offense looked a little bit better, and yet they still shot themselves in the foot too many times. I – I don't know what to make of it, right? Because Syracuse, I think, is an improved football team. I don't, I don't know that Dino's going to get fired after this year. I think we all expected that was an inevitability, and instead, this is like, this is a pretty good football team. You kind of feel the same? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're a good team. They they should have won that game. I didn't like the play calling at the end. Um, oh, agreed. You know, I, uh, I think I think they they could have done that a whole lot better. I was not a fan, but neither here nor there. Uh, they. They played with Clemson. I don't think Clemson's offense looked any better. I just don't think Syracuse's defense is very good. So that's a, yeah. I mean, you may not be wrong about that. I just I, they were moving the football and then and then they stopped. So uh, Pittsburgh twenty-eight, Virginia. No, 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 no. Sorry, Washington State thirty-four, Stanford thirty-one. Washington State came back and won this damn ball game. That is three straight for Nick Rolovich and that bunch. And uh, so. We'll talk about the game. Jaden Delora and and uh, uh, let's see, 
Oh, Max Borgie. Excuse me. Uh, I didn't write his name down. Those two are super exciting, and you can win a ton of football games with guys like that when you have a masterful game plan like they had, right? I did not watch the majority of this game. My reaction to it is Washington State can be a really good football team with Nick Rolovich, much like they were with Mike Leach. And now there's all the chaos that might be happening on Monday because Monday is the deadline to figure out his religious exemption and whatever for, uh, for him getting the jab. And, at, we, you know, not to be political or whatever, but do you really think that there is any way that they will fire this guy at, on, in the middle of a three-game winning streak here? No. I don't think so either. No. Like I, I know that this has I, nothing to do with. Football, I know what but. the I know what the state of Washington is like. I'm going to bet the area of um, Pullman. Pullman. I'm going to I'm going to bet I'm going to bet that area ain't like Seattle. I agreed. I'm going to I'm going to bet the boosters and the people that run things at Washington State. Now I could be very wrong. I'm going to bet they're very different. It's a it's a different world in Pullman, Washington. I will I will tell you that. Um, very very interesting stuff. Uh, right quick. We'll, uh, we're not going to spend an hour and a half. We're we're going to try and wrap some of these up. Pitt, 28, Virginia Tech, 7. Uh, my, my question here is, Justin Fuente, what the hell? What are you doing? Like this, Pitt, their defense has not been great all season. Uh, now, I guess we can expect like a, a good showing out of a Pat Narduzzi defense at some point. You know, it, it, whenever during the season, you can, you can find it somewhere. But this is a team that gave up 44 points to Western Michigan, and Virginia Tech put up seven points in this game. And I know that it was a bit of a hangover because they were in that Notre Dame game and they thought they were going to be able to win that one. But this was, I mean, this was awful. Like 224 yards of offense for Virginia Tech in this game. They only had the ball for 21 minutes. They could not sustain drives. They were not successful at all. Uh, And Pitt, on the other side, ran the ball. Like, 208 yards rushing in this game, 4.7 yards per rush uh, for a team that cannot run. Like, doesn't... Has not been able to run all season. It's been the Kenny Pickett show. This was shocking to me. This was one of the more shocking results of the day because I I don't know what to make of it. Uh, Larry said, it's nice to see the ACC having competition. I, I don't know that Pitt's got any competition right now. Like, either Pitt is really good or Virginia Tech is awful. And I don't know which one it is. Um, you, got a, you got a thought on Fuente? Like, is this is this the last rodeo? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right, I got a couple of also-rans here. Um, all right, so I want to I talk for a couple of minutes, and I want your opinion here. Louisiana Monroe, 31, Liberty, 28. And Malik Willis had three interceptions. Uh, I don't know what is going on with Hugh Freeze in this because this is a game that they they were favored by almost I think thirty three points at kick. Uh, ULM is now three and three, very impressive. They won with a backup quarterback because Rich Rodriguez's son is the starting quarterback and he has been out for multiple weeks now because he was hospitalized in the middle of a game a couple of weeks ago, and this is really good for Terry Bowden and for Rich Rodriguez. But man, uh, one, you know, props to Louisiana Monroe. They are not nearly as bad as everybody assumed that they would be. But two, uh, Liberty, this was supposed to be, you know, uh, another another crowning season after a big season last year. 
I don't know that this necessarily hurts Hugh Freeze long term as far as like trying to get other jobs and whatnot. But I don't know what to make of this team anymore. You got any ideas? No, I mean it. I can't explain it. I don't know. They're I mean, up it's and chaos. down. Like yeah. it's it, it's it just this entire season. It's just been chaos. Um, do you want to hit Cincy, UCF, or uh, or UTEP no. hitting six wins? Why? No. Uh, there were a few other ones here. Um, Iowa State, North Carolina, any of those? Any anything else that that uh, drives you at this point? Nope. This this wasn't a big or a big uh, weekend. So Oregon. It was a big weekend. We just talked for an hour and a half. Yeah, it was a big weekend. A lot of shit happened. We talked about it already. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right then let's go ahead and wrap this thing up uh an hour and five minutes in this is the shortest one we have done in quite some time um there were big things this weekend for sure next weekend is i'm sure going to be absolutely insane because there's not like that gargantuan matchup i don't even know where game day is going to go next week got no idea uh likely a d2 school or a fcs school something like that so we'll we'll see but let's wrap this thing up. Go to winningcureseverything.com. We appreciate everybody that jumped into the chat. You guys are fantastic. We do this every Sunday morning. And, of course, we have the show on Wednesday and Friday mornings. So make sure and subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. You can also find the show on Twitter, etc. So go to winningcureseverything.com. That'll be your one-stop shop to find it all. The show is brought to you every single week by BetUS, where the game begins. You can sign up using the promo code ncaaf 2021 and you will get a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. Chris hosts a show for Sportsbook Review. I host a show for BetUS. The links are in the description for both of those, so make sure that you sign up. Don't miss a single thing. And, uh, brother, anything else you want to hit on? That's it, bro. No no go socks or anything? No, let's go. They uh, they look good the other night. We don't play the game. I, I know not today. So we got NFL today. All right, gentlemen. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for those that jumped in the chat. Chris, thank you for the time, of course. And, uh, and yeah, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.